We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. It's the Monday press conference show. Chad McKee joins us. Are you tired of me yet, Chad? We actually got to do the press conference show together today. It was a blast. Thank you for letting me be a part of it. No, we should do more TV together, actually. We should do a lot more. It was quite the handsome set, I would say, today, wasn't it? I agree. Agreed. A hundred percent. What did we learn today from the Lincoln Rally presser? You know, Toby and then I got to do my takeaways. They don't really ask you like they should, so that's why we have this podcast, so I can ask you. So what was your big takeaways today? Number one, um, and, I, and I told you, we did not have to talk very much about injuries, which is good news, given uh, recent health issues with Trey Sermon and with Kenneth Mann, you know, the unfortunate uh, Grant Calcaterra injury news. But just a few bumps and bruises, it seemed like, you know, you're, you're not fully healthy on the offensive line. Trey Brown left that game, but uh, came back in. You, I was listening to you on the radio talking about uh, him being over there on the sideline. So it looks right. like he's okay. So I think that's good news. You know, no news is good news when it comes to injuries. And Caleb Kelly coming back in, it was nice to see him get his first tackle. And his use the rest of the season was a, a slight topic of interest at the end of Lincoln Riley's press conference. That was a, that's a big takeaway for me. Uh, and then two others are, number one, I, I like Lincoln Riley's comment about he, he keeps getting asked about turnovers, um, and now they're forcing more turnovers, but they've also developed an unfortunate pattern of turning the football over. And he said, you know, the 10% of plays that you're not great on, those just don't need to kill you. And, and I, you know, that's so, so true. 
you know, we're coming off a week where you throw a pick six. That's the kind of play that, uh, I mean, it got TCU back within one score in the game the other night. So when you make mistakes, they can't be the catastrophic mistakes. It's like a, uh, you know, a five yard um, offsides call when you're, uh, you know, in, inside the opponent, when you're, when you're backed up. Uh, to your own goal line well it's not that huge because it's half the distance to the goal you know that's not catastrophic a 15 yard holding foul when you had picked up a first down that's a catastrophic call you know there there are times to make mistakes you hope that you don't make that many but some of them are worse than others Uh, and then the third takeaway is oklahoma state's playing good football right now chris they've won four straight they've got the nation's leading rusher they have managed to survive an injury to one of the best wide receivers in the country in Tylen Wallace and their quarterback, Spencer Sanders, and, and still win uh, at least one football game with Drew Brown as their starting quarterback. So a lot of interesting things from the press conference. You know, and that's that's fascinating, too, in thinking about Oklahoma State. Uh, they've lost their best wide receiver in Tylen Wallace. They've lost their starting quarterback in Spencer Sanders. But, yeah, they still have that dude, Chuba Hubbard, who was just announced as a Doak Walker finalist. And, Chad, I, I think we both agree that's one of the best running backs the Sooners will face over the last couple of years with how solid he is. He is. And what they've done even more recent games, including last week um, against West Virginia, is throw the football to him a little more, which makes him a little more dangerous and gets him immediately into some open space. He caught uh, 88 yards worth of passes against West Virginia. He is uh, he is explosive. Lincoln Riley said this. He's got that combination of he's got power, he's got vision, and he has got tremendous breakaway speed, like elite speed. So if if you let him get out of the gate or find a seam, he will take it to the house on you in a uh, in a very quick manner. So he is uh, he's the most dangerous guy for Oklahoma State on Saturday. Hey, you know we, we've been a part of a lot of Bedlam matchups, Chad. We've covered this series for a while I don't know how you feel about it but I really love it being back on Thanksgiving weekend um I I, I don't know if anything's ever in the history of ever going to replace Oklahoma and Nebraska but isn't it fun to have this on Thanksgiving weekend I know it's going to shift away from it again next year but I like it for this year and I like it hopefully down the road what makes it super special is people have family in town you know, sometimes from out of state this time of the year for Thanksgiving. And because you're around, you may have uh, a higher likelihood of getting to go to the game or at least watch the game with family around you. And so that's what it's all about to me. You know, you'll have Kale Gundy coaching against Mike Gundy, which is really cool. Players who played uh, with each other in high school that might play against each other on uh, on Saturday evening. So that does make it ultra special. And I've uh, been to so many of them. I was at the Ice Bowl, you know, Spencer Tillman scoring the lone touchdown, Oklahoma clinching a trip to the Orange Bowl and going on to win a national championship. I was at the 88 Gaddis versus Sanders epic wow. rushing affair. I was at that one. And, of course, you know, the more recent ones, uh, Sam Bradford's flip into the end zone, sealing his Heisman Trophy. Uh, you had uh, so many, so many memorable ones. You know, and and even last year, it's a two-point conversion pass away from being a different ball game. That ball falls incomplete. Sooners hang on for a 48-47 win. It's been good, but you got to remember, Sooners have dominated this thing. You know, they've won 14 of the last 16 in the series, even though many of them have been uh, very close over the years. And Oklahoma has been excellent winning in Stillwater. 
Chad, I'll let you go on this. We've talked, obviously, a lot about the opponent coming up, but there's one issue with the Sooners, and that's that turnover differential, minus seven. I thought I thought Coach brought up a great point. Fans will hear it coming up in a bit when, when we have the whole press conference. But, you know, it's like you, you, you plug one leak and another one springs, like Jalen getting tracked down from behind and having the ball ripped from him. But from what you've seen, I, I really feel like most of these turnover issues are, are fixable. You're not worried about it becoming a mental block or anything, are you? No, I, it's, it, you know, the good part is the ones that they are committing to me are about decision-making and just being more secure with the football. You know, J- Jalen Hurts ha- has to do that, and he knows that. And I'm, I'm sure Lincoln Riley has, um, you know, pounded that into his head. He's just got to be more secure with the ball, which is a correctable thing, and, and you know, not put the ball in harm's way, so to speak. And I think the the defense, the other for whatever reason, Chris, you and I were talking about it. The uh, the strip by Parnell Motley and recovery by Pat Fields, and I suppose you could even go back to Parnell Motley's interception. That's really not an interception because it's on a conversion play at the end of the Iowa State game. Seems to have uh, triggered something in this defense with forcing turnovers. And to me, turnovers are contagious, and they're about confidence. And right now, this defense has both of those going for it. Great stuff as always, Chad. Have an awesome game week. We'll see you, what, 10 a.m. bright and early from Boone Pickens Stadium, right? You got it. We will be uh, perched on a balcony uh, just outside the playing surface at Boone Pickens Stadium for Sooner Game Day, 10 a.m. Saturday morning, Chris. Thanks, Chad. Talk to you soon, buddy. All right. Sounds great. So from Chad McKee, we we handed off to Jessica Cootie, who with, uh, with Toby on the road with basketball, I had a chance to kind of sit in studio and fill in for Toby. So Jess took care of all the interviews, and we go from Neville Gallimore to Creed Humphrey to Jalen Hurts. Bang, bang, bang. Here with Neville Gallimore. Well, first of all, congratulations on the Don Key Award, the highest honor an OU football player uh, can receive. What did that mean to you? It felt so. It felt great. You know, um, I remember when Coach Riley even called me and told me I got the award. I, I was really uh, I was at a loss for words, you know. Um, again, it was just to, to see that, you know, they – they picked me and uh, Nick Bisqueen to, to get in a war like that. It means a lot. You know, I definitely I love this program. I love this team. You know, I love being a part of this uh, university. So I, it was just amazing to, that I was one of those guys. Getting to receive that honor, but then also be honored on senior night in front of over 25 uh, family members that came down from Canada. How much was that in the back of your mind when you ran out onto the field on Saturday? Um, again, it was a, again, it was a bittersweet feeling, you know, bitter just for the fact that I, that was my last game, you know, playing at home. But sweet just knowing that my family could be a part of that. You know, they traveled so far, and, you know, they had to come go through a lot just to be a part of that night. So it made it just extra special. What did they think of the palace? No, they love the palace. You know, <laughs> it's definitely like the home away from home. I'm still getting my phone uh, blown up right now about how much fun they had. And, you know, and still them being sad about how it, it came to an end, you know, just – to be a part of it, but again, I'm, I'm just happy that they got to see it even for uh, one last time. The defense as a whole, especially in the second half, what was the mentality, you know, especially after a couple of the, the turnovers on offense? I mean, you came up big for this team. What were you, what was kind of the message, and how were you guys able to kind of deliver? I'm um, going back to, you know, what Coach Grinch, you know, has preached to us. It's just three and our takeaways, you know, got to have it, got to make plays, you know. You, it's not enough just to run the call, you know. You got to be effective, you know, and – Again, again, against a you know great ball team like you know TCU, it was just again going back to trusting the coaches, you know, trusting our job and just making sure we do our job to the best of our abilities. Piedmont's interception on the two-point conversion against Iowa State—how has that opened up the floodgates for you as far as takeaways go? 
Um, and just again, it's just going back to setting the tone and just believing in you know what coach asks us to do. You know, trusting your assignment, but then making the play. You know, when it counts. You know, obviously, you know we, we play this game or to be great, so we we try to make the most out of every play. But just to see guys, you know, buckle down and and make plays, and again knowing that they can make plays and not expecting like, anybody else to do it, it's a credit to everyone in this group. You know, we got guys that just want to get after it. Juba Hubbard, one of the uh, best running backs in the entire nation. How much do you guys kind of embrace that type of challenge, especially up front, facing such a good running back? You know, you talk about Chuba, you know, great running back, you know, he setting all kinds of records, you know, really fast guy. I just feel like, again, we just got to trust our coaching, going back to, you know, the bottom line. And then, again, just, just trusting, you know, we know it's going to be a battle. We know it's going to be a four-quarter fight. But just knowing that, you know, if we just do our job, and fly around, you know, the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, and these kinds of rivalry games against this kind of matchup, how important is it for you guys up front to set the tone? You always got to set the tone, you know. No matter what, what what game it is, you know, you got to set the tone, and it all starts up front. All right, Sandy with Green. Humphrey, well, 366 rushing yards uh, on the ground against TCU. How much pride do you guys take in, in that as the O-line? A huge amount of pride. You know, that's uh, something that we love to do, you know, just to be able to oppose our will on the defense, things like that. You know, it's uh, – Getting the run game going is such a huge deal for us, so we take a lot of pride in that. Yeah, how big of a key was that? How much of a, uh, I guess, a motivation was that for you guys to get the ground game going against a TCU front that's been very solid? Yeah, you know, that was a huge deal for us. You know, they've put up, uh, you know, great great games and stuff this past this whole season, you know, with uh, just how good they've been against, you know, the run defense and defense overall. So that was a huge deal for us. Yeah, ask you about Kennedy Brooks, so what you call him the All-American, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Just the, the load that he's had to take on with the injury to Trey Sermon, how big is that for this team, and how much can you rely on him to continue to do that? Oh, huge deal, you know. And Kennedy, you know, he's one of the best running backs in college football. So, you know, it's, you know, we have our complete trust in him and what he does, you know, and, you know, just seeing him do the things he does, it's been awesome for us. You were part of the best offensive line in the country a year ago. Coach Riley's talked about how the key to having success in November is, is it all starts up front with you guys. Mm -hmm. How do you play your best ball here in this month of November? Uh, you know, just preparation and then just looking to constantly improve going through, you know, uh, I feel like, you know, these past two weeks we prepared really well. And I think that's, uh, you know, showed pretty well in the run game and everything like that. So just. But, you know, just constant improvement is what we're looking for each game. How much do you feel like this O-line is coming together and gelling at the right time? Uh, a lot. You know, I think, uh, you know, these past few games we've uh, done some really good things. You know, there's also things that we need to improve on for sure. But, you know, I think we're uh, definitely going in the right direction for sure. How much responsibility do you put on your shoulders to make sure that this O-line is continuing to play the best ball, um, being that you're the guy that was returning, you're the leader? Yeah, you know, uh, there's definitely some pressure, I'd say, with me uh, being that way. But... You know, the mentality is the same with these guys as it was last year. You know, everybody's just, you know, looking to dominate their opponent every play. So uh, there's not really much change in anything mentality-wise with the uh, players with me, just new people. So Oklahoma State, Bedlam, Oklahoma kid, what does this rivalry mean to you? Uh, it's a huge deal. You know, I grew up watching these games every year, so and they've always been great games. You know, there's never really many blowouts in this series. You know, they're always crazy games, you know. So uh, we're going to be ready for it, and we can't wait. They've got a pretty good running back on their side as well. How much are you guys, I know you don't play defense, but are you taking uh, pride in that and trying to win, win the run battle and, and the rushing battle on Saturday? Yeah, you know, we're just looking to uh, do our job the best we can, you know. Just, uh, you know, of course, you want to be able to run the ball a ton, you know, this coming week, so we're ready for it. All right, well, Jalen Hurts is no stranger to rivalry games, but what do you know about this Bedlam rivalry? Um, I know they're a really good team. I mean, we gotta be, we got to be ready to play. They play really good football. They're well coached, so... Uh, we got a challenge in front of in front of us. This program, this team, has been very good on the road. What is it about these environments that brings a team team together? Yeah, I just think um, 
know, the purpose and intent we have in practice and kind of the culture we have um, during, our, during, during the entire week. We just got to be ready to go and we got to prepare the right way. 366 rushing yards, you had a big day on the ground as well, but how have you seen this offensive line kind of gelling and coming together here in November? They're doing a great job, um, stepping up big for this team, so we just need them to continue to play good football um, and, and make this run. First time over 1,000 rushing yards in your career, 3,000, you're doing things that a lot of quarterbacks in, in college football history have, hasn't done. What is it about your skill set, this offense, that is working so well? Yep, it, 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 we, we got great players around me. Um, I'm not doing anything by myself. This is a total team effort. Um, and, and honestly, I got to do better for those guys. So I'm going to do better for them. And, and we're going to we'll be better this week. Yeah, that being said, you said this team has yet to put four quarters together, play their, play their best ball. How do you do that? Um, just just got to go out there and execute. Got to go out there and execute, have complete trust in everybody around you, and go play. Senior night for you. Last time playing on this field, have you taken a moment to take it all in? No, um, I'm, I'm ready to play this week. All right, so 1-0 this week is, is the goal. What's the biggest key in, in doing that? Yeah, I'm just going out there this week, practicing well, um, getting the game plan down and going, going out there and attacking. All right. All right, so before we wrap up and hand it off to Lincoln Riley, it's time to commit for 2020. Sooner Club donations directly impact the lives of every single student-athlete in Crimson and Cream, and there's never been a better time to be a member of the Sooner Club. New in 2020 is a five-month payment plan that's available for members to spread payments out leading up to the March 31st deadline. Members who opt into the payment plan before the end of November will also receive up to 150 bonus points for the upcoming year. And if you're not familiar with the Sooner Club, you can learn more at thesoonerclub.com. They help with facility projects to student-athlete resources like nutrition, academic support, travel, professional development, and psychological resources. Sooner Club staff are ready to discuss items with you. For more information, visit thesoonerclub.com or call a staff member today at 325-8000. That's 405-325-8000. Thanks for joining us for the Lincoln Riley Monday Presser Pod. So let's get after it. The full, the full Monday lunch at Presser with Lincoln Riley. All right, Drake. Did good with your first one. Um, all right, welcome. Uh, excited, excited about Bedlam. Always am, and kind of doesn't matter when this game falls, where it's at. Always a obviously a meaningful football game for for this state, and it's been very important in a lot of championship races over the last several years. And you know, this obviously being no different. And um, yeah, it's going to be fun. We're excited, excited to get get out to Stillwater and play. Uh, guys are um, really, really looking forward to this one as always. This is. One of the one of the the best rivalry games, without a doubt, um, and you know, being the last game of the year, certainly uh, our last regular season game of the year, certainly one that you know we're very motivated to go play our very best ball, and uh, I think we got a, an, an opportunity to to work this week and build towards doing that. So, um, with that, we'll go ahead and jump into questions. Okay, we'll start First seven games really consistent. Last four games seems like you've been able to put two halves together. Uh, it's a reason, I think. Uh, I would argue. I don't think we were very consistent the first seven games. I mean, I, I think that's a little bit who we've been as a team, and uh, and everybody everybody deals with that. I mean, that's everybody's everybody in the country's fighting the consistency battle and want to play your best ball as as much as you possibly can. And uh, so, no, I, I mean, I think in a lot of ways we're. 
we're moving forward, especially the last couple of weeks, we've done we've done some things much better than we could ever even dreamt of doing in the first seven games. We've played, I think, better competition. And then also we have made some critical errors that have held us back from being able to separate in those games. And uh, you can't do that. It's part of the game. I, I think 90% of what we're doing right now is, is drastically improved from where we were at any point early or mid-season. Uh, we can't let that 10% just kill us. And uh, the, the 10% the last couple of weeks, especially the turnovers, has been so devastating that it's, you know, either put us in a hole like it did against Baylor or kept the game close the other night that, in our opinion, shouldn't have been very close. And, uh, but, you, you know, that's, you know, we can't do that. We got we to gotta get better. We got to play better on that 10%. But there's a lot. When you go back and watch the film and we study it, there's a lot that we're doing better just overall as a football team that, that makes you pretty excited about these next ones coming up. Uh, Lincoln, obviously, if you take sort of a bird's eye view of Jalen's year, been very good. But he's obviously been very different than your last two guys stylistically. As you think about him um, now getting towards the end of the regular season, how do you overall sort of think about his impact and just his play in your offense this year? Oh, he's had a huge impact. I mean, he's, uh, I guess, what he's been able to do, I mean, every, every part of this is new for him. Every single part. Every opponent's new. The offense is new, living in a new place, new program, new coaches, new teammates, uh, doing it with a basically completely new offensive line. I mean, it's all, it's all new, and uh, I think he's done a great job. I really do. I mean, he's been pr very productive. He's been durable. He's ran the ball extremely well. He's having a passing season right now that's one of the tops in the history of this game. I mean, so... You know, for, for he and I, as we go through it, there's there's always things that that I can do better coaching him, him with, that he can do better playing wise. I mean, that's always the case, and it's been that was that way with the other guys too. I mean, but um, I'm excited how far he's come, and I think he's primed to play his very best here at the end. I really do. Obviously, had good plays for you guys, the home run plays, but maybe not. I mean, obviously, you've got a different skills skill guys around mm -hmm. him too, but. Has that been interesting for you, too, to adjust to sort of what he really likes and what he's best at and how it can best serve the offense? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been fun. Um, and, and like I said, there was an adjustment from from Baker to Kyler and, and an adjustment here. Knew there would be. And whoever's the quarterback next year, there'll be an adjustment to them, too. I mean, that's you got to fit it to what they do well. And I, I think we've found our way. Um, in some respects, and in some respects, we're still we're still learning, and I, I think we'll continue to find more and more things that that not only fit him but our whole offense. Barry, yeah, uh, Lincoln. In terms of Jalen's fumbling, how much of that is just attributed to stepping up to a more physical conference? <laughs> I like where you're going with that. <laughs> um, in all seriousness, he's fumbled against Baylor and TCU, two teams that. Can hit you pretty good. Is well, you know, we were talking those offensive staff. I mean, I think the league defensively right now, there's, there's, this is a good defensive league right now. I don't care what people want to say on the outside. It is. There's a lot of good defenses in this league right now, including ours. And um, 
it's a physical league. There's been a lot of very, very physical games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, I, I thought in some respects the other night his ball security had been a huge um, emphasis point last week. I thought, you know, between the tackles and in some of the runs, it was much, much improved. There's still a few that got to get better. The one breakaway was just, it was kind of like, it was kind of like a spring in a new leak, really. I mean, we, you know, he just, he just didn't see the guy. I mean, he thought he was walking in the end zone. And it's still, you know, he's got to have the ball in better position. But, you know, yeah, he's he's carrying it a lot, you know, and he's a little more susceptible to it just because he's, you know, the last couple of weeks he's carried it over 25 times a game. And uh, so, but, you know, for us to for us to win and be able to separate like Al's question in the beginning, he's got to hang on to it. Uh, just, you know, plain and simple. Eric Bailey. Lincoln, many have been accustomed to just long or quick scoring drives by your offense, but ten, nine of the last 12 touchdown drives have been 10 plays or more. As a play caller, is that a test to your patience, or are you just pleased with seeing the execution during those long, drawn-out drives? No, because, I mean, we've had we've had both over the years, and, and I definitely have a respect for the value of being able to, to drive it, too. And I think we've still got a lot of quick strike ability, and we were – we had three or four the other night that, I mean, we probably combined missed by about four feet that were, you know, all monster, monster plays. And so those will come. I mean, those we're, we're going to continue to hit those and uh, and make a lot of big plays. But having the ability, especially here at the end of the season, to, to move the ball, uh, chew a lot of clock, you know, dominate play numbers, I mean, um, total play numbers. I mean, those are, they've obviously been a big factor here the last couple of weeks, and we'll we'll need both, though, going forward. Lincoln, seems like for most of the year, as the defense goes, so goes Kenneth Murray, vice versa. His, the way he's played the last couple of games, is that a, uh, him playing better? Is it adjusting to maybe some of the, the ways that offenses have adjusted to, to what he was able to do so successfully earlier in the season, or is there a little bit of both? Um, I mean, he's an important player for us. He plays an important position. He's a leader. You know, he's certainly at or near the top of the list of our defensive guys that, that, that make, you know, kind of the splash plays, the wow plays, the plays that kind of get you going. Um, but um, yeah, he's done well. I mean, I think he's he still had some a few critical mistakes the last few weeks that have hurt us. So I mean, he's still got to continue to grow and get better. But he's uh, he's playing faster. He's playing more instinctive. Um, but there's you know he can he can he's making a lot of really good plays. But he can kind of like Jalen. He can he can definitely play at another level for us. And uh, yeah, I mean, I he's he's definitely part of it. But when we've played good, it's been it's been more about you know, team defense, guys on the same page, and everybody flying to the football. Yeah, you actually just you said something about flying to the football. Baylor, you shut them out uh, in the second half, and then you go in last the other night, and only 200 total yards, uh, two drives, scoring drives less than uh, 50. Uh, what is that? Is it the confidence in the defense? Did it kind of click? Could you see that kind of building throughout the week? Um, what what brought them up to I guess to play that level last weekend? Oh, it's just I think the expectations, um, you know, and I think I think some of it is us just continuing to improve, you know, gaining confidence in the scheme and each other, coaches. I mean, it's that's still 
in a lot of ways, and it's if not infant stages, still not not far off that. And uh, you know, if we're if our players are approaching it the right way, and if we're coaching them the right way, then this is when it should be its best. And uh, so, yeah, guys have flown around. You know, made a lot of big plays. I think our our front, you know, has been very active, which has certainly been a big key. And then we we played very well in the secondary the other night too. So. Um, I mean, this is when you should be at your best, and uh, that's we've, we've worked hard, and and uh, the guys continue to have great attitudes and a great approach each week, and I think that's why we're getting better. Yeah, Lincoln, you said something a little bit ago that was really interesting. I don't care what anyone says; we play good defense in, in this league. I, I still, it still seems obvious that you and, and a lot of other teams in this conference are still battling, I think, perception based on some scores and some yardage totals and quarterback play the last four or five years that have skewed the, the attention to offense. Sure. Does it help you to win a game like you did Saturday 28-24 as opposed to say when you went to Stillwater a couple of years ago and it was like 60-50, to 62-52, to, to win late season games more traditionally, more comfortable, you know what I mean, where it's more of a balance, that kind of thing. Does yeah, I mean, I mean, to me at the end of the day, winning's winning. Um, but I do think People that know football, if they take a true look at what a lot of these defenses in this league are doing right now, um, they're going to see really, really quality defenses, quality coordinators. Um, you know, just you can just feel it. I mean, ever, ever, I just feel like everybody's a little bit better defensively, you know, than it's been. It just seems challenges are there, and and uh, you see, you know, scoring's a little bit down. I think across the conference, there's been way more low-scoring games, and I, I credit that. I mean, I, I still see a lot of offensive firepower. Um, there's quite a few new quarterbacks in the league right now, which may be a factor, too, but I do think there's still quite a bit of firepower in the league, but I, I just think there's more teams playing really good quality defense, and um, you, know, you just kind of feel that as a whole right now. So. Yeah, I mean, it's and you know these things are always you know going spurts. There's always trends, but I think it's uh, I know what I see on tape, you know, and and week in and week out, I'm seeing a lot of good defenses in this league. Follow up, if, if there are perceptions, that, and I'm yeah. you, know, you know where I'm going with it. Yeah, you know? but I mean, you know, the perceptions, like we've said before, are always they're just a lot of times without merit, you know. We Like we talked about last year, the Chiefs and Rams go play a game, and everybody's like, oh, it's the greatest NFL game we've ever seen. And we're like, oh, that's every, you know, that's been every Big 12 game for the last five years. And so what's what's good, what's not? I mean, I, you know, people are going to argue that and dispute that on the outside no matter what happens. But I just, I, I know this league, you know. I've been in it for a long time, and I, Two things right now that really stand out. I think there's a lot of quality defenses in this league, maybe more than we've had in a long, long time. And then I think the the parity, the difference between top and bottom, not nearly there's everybody's pretty good and everybody's capable of beating everybody and more than maybe any point that I can ever remember, which is tells you this league is is healthy and extremely, extremely competitive right now. Yeah. Lincoln, three and out takeaway, something we're hearing from every defensive player the last couple of weeks. How did you guys decide to go to that practice format and do you think it's working? Yeah, I mean, I think you're always searching for ways to 
just to try to make practices as game-like as you possibly can. And it's been a way for us instead of just – and we obviously practice situations like everybody does, but instead of just mindlessly running a lot of plays in a row to make it more game-like where you – you know, create some of the same emotions of, all right, man, we got a three and out and feeling good and off the field, or okay, they got a first down, now we got to get a three and out or a takeaway, regardless if, if something, you know, something bad happened to us or they made a play, how do we respond? And it just puts our guys in that scenario a little bit more often. So uh, our defensive staff came up with it and, and our guys have really taken to it. On um, Lincoln making adjustments in in-game adjustments, and I guess that that word gets tossed around a lot, whether mm -hmm. it's public, fans, media, whatever. Sure. Um, is some of that sometimes as simple as just recognizing that something's not working? For instance, I and I don't know if this is qualifies an adjustment or semantics or what we're talking about, but the passing game was maybe not clicking at a high level, so you come out second half and decide you're going to run it a little more, or the running game's working, and so you emphasize it a little more. Is it as simple as that sometimes? Um, no, <laughs> not really. Um, just because there's, yeah, I just kind of always come down like, you know, what's your, what's your formula for winning this game? And sometimes you have an idea going in and, and that definitely can shift and fluctuate as the game unfolds. And, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of factors in it. Um, certainly I would say this, us running the football the way we did the other night had a lot more to do with just how well we were running it as opposed to any lack of confidence in our throwing game. I, I'll, I'll take our quarterback and our receivers against anybody. But when you're running it like we were, it was hard to – honestly, it was just – I didn't have much of a reason to stop. I mean, you know, the you know, we just – you know, we ran it. We ran it really, really well against a team that defends the run very, very well, and uh, that was really exciting. Uh, are opposing defenses playing you different late this late in the year, trying to take away big plays and maybe make you drive the ball, 10-12 drives, 10-play drives? And on top of that, are you concerned about Jalen's carries? He's at 180 right now. You got at least three games left. Must he carried in Alabama 154. Any concern there about just the number of carries he's got? Um, as far as, I, I don't, I mean, the question about how defense is doing, it's very general. I mean, everybody's, you know, everybody's got, you know, plan A, plan B, plan C, you know, mm -hmm. and so you, that fluctuates throughout the game. I, we still certainly had an opportunity to hit our big ones the other night. Like I said, we were just a, a fraction off, whether it was routes, throws, whatever. We were just, just a tick off. And uh, so we got to be better there. Um, as far as his number of carries, yeah, do I wish it was a little lower? Probably a little bit. Um, but I'm also that's a part of who he is as a player, you know, and it's 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 been you know, it's not like whatever he's got right now, 170, 180, whatever it is. I mean, it's not like he's got that for five hundred yards right now. You know, I mean he's he's it's been extremely, extremely effective. And uh so you know, it's been good. Our backs have been really involved here the last couple of weeks. I want to keep getting them involved. But, you know, Jalen carrying it is going to be part of who we are. Joey Helmer. Yeah, this is multiple uh, games in a row. You guys, your defense has come up with game-changing plays at the end. What has that done for the psyche and the confidence of your defense late in games? Yeah, I think a lot. I mean, I think, I think any time when something's new and you can have success, particularly in critical moments in games, that does nothing but build the confidence, trust um, that – 
that we can do it all the time. So it, it always increases buy-in and belief, and those are two big parts of, of playing great football. And uh, I would say ours defensively is at a, at a, at a good point right now. Coach Chuba Hubbard has had a spectacular year. Uh, wondering if the loss of Spencer Sanders does anything differently now that Drew Brown's in there with him. It seems like they're getting some screens and some some more balls to him. And just overall, your thoughts on Chuba? Yeah, no, yeah, hard to say. Right now, I mean, it's you know, it's only been a game, you know, so a little difficult to say. You know how much of an adjustment that will be. I mean, certainly playing with a new quarterback, even though this guy's been at their place and has played a lot of ball, it's not like they're bringing some freshman off the bench that had never played. Um, but yeah, hard to say how much different it'll be. There's just not a, not a ton to study there. Um, yeah, Chuba, I, I know I said the other night. I mean, he's yeah, he's fantastic. I mean, he's you know he's had an had an elite year. They've done a great job. Using him, lines done a good job blocking for him, um, and he's got a great combination. I mean, he's got breakaway speed, he's got power, he's caught the ball well all year, made several plays in the passing game, had a bunch of big ones last week against West Virginia in the in the throw game, and he's had a lot of attention on him each and every week, and has still continued to produce. So now he seems like a seems like a great kid, and he's playing his tail off. I mean, that's you know he's he's certainly one of the best backs we've had in the league in a while. Like, and you, you mentioned earlier in the year that you didn't think Jalen would lead you in rushing, or maybe probably even should. But uh, you, you know, you said now you wish he maybe had some fewer carries. When did you realize that, and kind of come to terms with the fact that this was probably what the, he was going to be and what the offense was going to was going to look more like? Well, I always felt like he would run it, you know, more for us this year, and probably a little more than what we had done with the other guys. That wasn't a surprise, and some of it, some of it's a little skewed early because. Our backfield was pretty deep, and then we just had so many games where we played such a few amount of plays. I mean, and it, it's um, so. I mean, really, the the high volume carry games have really been the last couple of weeks, and so um, yeah. I mean, I always felt like it was gonna be a good weapon for us and be pretty tough to stop. Um, so you never can sit there at the beginning of the year and completely perfectly lay it out. We still got a long ways to go here too. So, um, but. I like how it's evolved. I think it's you know made our run game, you know, a little more versatile. Yeah, Coach uh, Kennedy Brooks has had an uptick in production the last three weeks. Uh, aside from just getting more carries, what do you see as the primary reason that his yardage has increased? Well, we've played better up front. Um, I think, like we've talked a lot about, just those guys getting healthy and having some continuity there. Um, I've been a part of it. I think Kennedy's starting to get more in sync with with those guys and how you know how we're gonna how we're gonna handle and leverage different blocks. And we've just been more on the same page. That's maybe the best way that I can describe it. And it's certainly you know him being the feature guy and being able to get him more carries and, and into the flow of it a little bit more has, has, has helped as well. And he's always been a guy that's played pretty good late in years. And uh, hopefully uh, he can keep that up. Coach OSU's forced 11 turnovers the last five games. As an offensive mind, how do you kind of dissect the success they've had getting turnovers the last <clears throat> couple months? Yeah, they've been active. I mean, they've they've ripped a couple of balls out, and then they've uh, they've been very opportunistic um, in the throw game. It, it, you watch them. The majority of the ones that are interceptable, they've 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 
they've made the plays, you know, and so that's, uh, you know, they've, they've done a nice job with it. It's obviously been key in, in several of their wins, especially the, especially uh, against Iowa State. I know certainly, you know, that one definitely comes to mind, TCU. Um, yeah, they've, it's been a big part of what they've done. So um, give them a lot of credit. They've made the plays when they've been there. It's sort of off topic, but CD and Jalen both slipped and had one cause the fourth down turnover that turnover and then mm-hmm. had slipping issues against Iowa State. Is the, is the field was the field having issues this year, or did you notice it? Or because I believe earlier in the year too that I don't know if it's Texas Tech or West Virginia game. There's times where we're yeah, no, it was that field's been great um, here at the end. Uh, both Iowa State and uh, TCU. It's you know we. We plant that ryegrass at the end of the year, and it does get a little bit slick. We made we made a few adjustments uh, in our footing this week, trying to trying to account for it. Um, I thought overall we were much better than we were against Iowa State, but we yeah the that that one was obviously a big play. I don't know that that one was really totally due to to the field. I I think. Jalen falling down on the fourth down, and then CD slipping were a little bit more of just kind of bad body position and, and footwork, and just fundamentally we've got to be better. Um, but yeah, there's no doubt once we do plant that right at the end of the year, and and the rest of it, you know, dies off. I mean, it it, it is a more slick surface certainly when you play at night. Um, it probably wouldn't be as slick at 2:30, but we don't know what a 2:30 game looks like. Okay, go to Jenny. Uh, you were talking about firepower earlier, Lincoln, and um, there are going to be two guys in this game and, and CD and Chuba that it's not just firepower, it's edge of your seat every time they touch yeah. the ball. Yeah. Um, when you have guys like that in your offense, how does it change things? And on the converse side, when you're facing a guy that's not just good, but sort of that electric yeah. nature, how does that change things? Well, you just have to be, I mean, from a defensive perspective, you got to be on your toes ever play because yeah these guys are are you know special guys with the ball in their hands and uh they they're both very talented very um very driven players you know play very consistent and you know got schemes that that allow them to get the ball in space and use their god-given abilities and so uh now it is it's uh it's a challenge and you certainly want to try to have as many of those guys as you possibly can i mean it makes it makes your job easier and guys that can turn Routine plays into big touchdowns. I mean, that's, uh, you know, they're both game changing players. And, you know, how each team handles uh, those guys will probably have a long way to go and decide in this one. From a scheme wise, Lincoln, defensively, are you doing anything big differently than you did a year ago, scheme wise? Yeah, quite a bit. Um, You know, we're a little, you know, we've been a, a pretty big two-gap team um, in the past with our defensive front. You know, this scheme is certainly a totally different mentality. It's more of a more of a single gap, uh, you know, based on movement, penetration, and I think I think that combined with the continuing to recruit better and better and, and develop these guys on the defensive front has just allowed for a lot more production there. I mean, you just look at our tackle numbers, sack numbers tackle for loss numbers, they're quite a bit different. Um, so I think there's been more activity and production up front. Um, yeah, and then I would say overall, we're probably in a lot of ways a little bit, maybe a little bit more simple than what we've been. Um, 
on the back end, and that's created some good continuity. And guys have been able to to um, get a good understanding of what we're doing, even so early in the year. We're probably we probably have busted maybe a little bit less um, because of that. And uh, and then Coach Grinch has had a good feel for uh, some wrinkles here and there, just enough to to throw people off. And uh, so yeah, no, it's. I'd say the front is probably the if you were comparing the front and how that's coached, um, what we're doing with those guys is probably the most drastic difference. But then there's certainly some a few key differences in the back end as well. Okay, a couple more, Barry. Uh, you yeah, know, OSU most of this season has been a home run team. They haven't had a lot of 10, 12, 14 plays right. drive. They lose Tyron Wallace. Now they're without Spencer Sanders. Or, or have, since Wallace went out, have they changed the way they're playing, or and, and now that they've lost two of their three playmakers, have they have they really changed? Yeah, I mean they definitely, you know, they've targeted, uh, you know, Stoner quite a bit, you know, as of late. He's done a great job. He's you know still very explosive, and you know they still got that horse in the backfield. I know that. So uh, yeah, I mean it. You know when you lose. You know, an elite player like Wallace, or you lose your quarterback. Certainly, it's going to have an effect. But they've, you know, they've continued to do a good job making big plays, and and um, you know, quarterbacks very capable and still a lot of talent out there skill wise. So um, I'm sure it has changed them some, but I, I, you still see a lot of a lot of production and and a lot of the things that make them good. You still see on tape right now. Two part question on Caleb Kelly. Um, how, how did he grade out after you know getting to look at his film and did he I mean did you the trust that you guys put in him at the end to put him on the field at the end of the game when he's been out for seven months yeah and then the other part is he's back in seven months which is not unheard of for an ACL but it's still on the rare side oh, I think it speaks him being back as soon as he is speaks to the way that he approached this you know and give he deserves the most credit our our medical team did a great job with him throughout this process, and he was really ahead at every single step. And so when he did get cleared to, to go out and it was then safe for him to go out and practice full, he was just ahead. And he was just – a lot of guys have so much rust to knock off, and, and he, he he's put in the work physically. And then I think he continued to study our game plans, continued to work and, and prepare like he was playing, even though he wasn't. And uh, – and then I think him being an experienced player and a guy that's been in, he's been in, he's been in a lot of big games. He's been in a lot of fights. He's been in, he's made a lot of big plays. So those are positive experiences that he could draw back on. And uh, yeah, no, he, he played well. Uh, he'll continue to play better as he gets more and more snaps. But, you know, I, I mean, yeah, having him in there at the end, I mean, there was complete trust in him. I mean, he's, again, he's been in those moments and proved that he was, he was certainly ready for it even after a, a long, Layoff's not the right word, but being out for a while, he's, he's handled it very well. Will you play him uh, in the national championship game? That'd be his fifth. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll figure that out when it gets there. All right. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Yeah.